So we're following uh, along with um, talk, this, talk two uh, of this series that we started uh, called the, Your Best Day Ever. And uh, last session, we kind of did some brainstorming about if this was the best day of your life, what would it look like? Um, and what would be the kind of the elements that would make this the best day of your life? And what would be the elements that would be absent from the best day of your life? Um, and the conclusion of what we talked about last, last week, well, we started off by talking about so how sometimes we feel like our lives are totally out of control. Um, and you wake up and you're having a great day and you get a phone call and then this and then that. And before you know it, you're buried under a pile of stuff and you know you're just crying for for help you're just looking for five minutes where you can get a breath to breathe or something like that i certainly remember that in my life um, in my previous career um, and occasionally sometimes now and sometimes you feel uh it's not so chaotic but you just feel lost in the fog um, and inevitably those days tend to be more often the days that I just stumble into my day. So I just kind of somehow found myself in this day um, without necessarily the same preparation that I would have otherwise had. And um, we talked a little bit last time and I gave told all these funny stories about playing pool and in my previous career putting in central, central lines and how how all of the great things that we do in life come with a lot of preparation. So there's, it's kind of, it's kind of, um, you know, a little bit ridiculous to think that I could, I can go th get, go through my day and not have a great day without any preparation. Or let me put that, you know, without the double negative. It's kind of ridiculous that I don't expect that I'm gonna get sideswiped by a whole bunch of things in my day if I haven't prepared for my day, if I haven't set it up. And um, I suggested last, last time when we were together that we would really craft our morning and make our morning like the launch pad that would get our day going. And now that I have uh, an 11 month old who likes to wake up at 5.30 or 6 a.m. That means me doing my crafting before she wakes up because at least part of the tornado in my life has to do with my children, right? And that's just what, that's just how, how children are and we love them for it and that's they bring lots of color and life into our lives but they also bring a lot for us a lot for us um, to do and we and we also this is all review from last week or last time we talked about how God himself says I love them that love me and those who seek me early shall find me um, and even God you know talks about who is beyond and out of out of time and space recommends to us to be early risers and last week I gave some some tips and tricks about how to become a morning person about 55 percent of north americans consider themselves to be morning people um, and 45 percent don't um, and so if you're part of that 45 percent what can we do to be a, to be a, a little bit morning people more more morning that's all stuff we talked about last week this week okay is gonna be less of a talk more of a workshop so you you got some you got some handouts um and uh you know I've been thinking about this stuff for years and I only started doing it last year when I took a short sabbatical, not this past July, the one before, 
where I took two weeks out where I didn't do the usual pastoral care that I do. I continue to take care of the church uh, services and so on. But um, it was the first time I had time to sit and think to myself, what what is important to me at this stage of my life? And and I think the best contribution that uh, that that uh, SMSK can give you today can give you on this topic is to take the next 20 minutes as like your sabbatical, your retreat. Imagine that for the next 20 minutes, okay, of your life, they've gotten like, you know, they've gotten spliced out of the rest of the movie reel and we're going to take them and we're going to just put them on a space shuttle and go to Mars, okay? And we're going to be so far away from all of the things that you have to do and what you have to do later. And these next, in these next 20 minutes, okay, we just want to take a few moments to figure out what can I do to set myself up for success every single day. So you should have a handout and you should have a pen by now and we'll just get going. So what we want to do is we want to produce intentional change. We have an intention that I want to live better every day. I'm not saying that, that, that I or you are not living well, but I want to live better. I want better for myself, for my loved ones, for my church. I want better. And if we want to create intentional change, we have to start with the end in mind. So that's why last week, you know, this whole series, we're kind of going about it backwards because we're starting with the end in mind. So the end is what are last week? I asked you to write down what are three musts that would be in a perfect day? So it would not be a perfect day if it didn't include what? And I gave some examples, okay, from my personal life, but you don't, you don't have to have the same examples in your life. But I was saying that these, these have to be tasks. They can't be projects, you know? It can't be, you know, buy a home because that kind of thing doesn't happen in a day. It happens, but there are multiple tasks that I might have been putting off, like call the bank. I know they're gonna give me a hard time and I know they're gonna ask me for papers that I don't have and I know this, so I'm putting it off. So the task is call the bank, right? Or call my realtor or whatever, right? So what I do, and we're gonna talk about this next week, is every evening I decide what are the top three priority tasks that I want to do. One is for church, one is for my home and family, and one is for me. What, what are the, the, the top, if I could only do one thing for my church, if I could only do one thing for my family, if I could only do one thing for myself, that's how I determine what are my musts. And then my wants are, I always want to write a couple more things, right? So that's one line item for me right? Another line item could be to connect with God. Another line item could be to exercise. Another, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you just a couple of minutes because we did this last week, but if you weren't here last week, I'll give you a couple of minutes now to sit and write in that box to remind yourself, I think it's the top left box, to remind yourself what were your top three musts and your top three wants. That your, your day would be a perfect day if you 
if you just got these three things done or three experiences, it would be, I have to connect with a family member every day. I can't let a day go by where I don't call my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, my, okay. It doesn't have to be a, it's not all, it's not, it doesn't have to be all about productivity. It can be, it can be what, whatever is meaningful to you. Take, take a couple of minutes to remember what were your top three musts and your top three wants. Okay, I'm just going to carry on, but if you're writing, please carry on writing. Next to the things that you wrote, I want you to write down why. Because for all of us, I mean myself especially, I find that I'm always very enthusiastic at the beginning and when I, when I can taste the end, when I'm almost there, I'm also excited, but, but I lose my motivation halfway through. So, so halfway through, I need to know why. I need to know what hinges on doing this and if I don't do this, what's the cost? You know, if I don't do this today, now and so on, then if there's, if there's no consequences to that, then it can easily get procrastinated. It can easily get pushed over. It can easily just get canceled if it's something that doesn't have any meaning. So try to write out why those things are important to you. And then ask yourself this question. When I'm done my, my morning thing, okay, my morning routine, my morning ritual, my morning, okay, when I'm on my way to work, when I'm getting, uh, walking through the front doors to work, when I'm, um, when I'm, um, uh, you know, on my way to school, when I'm wherever it is that I'm going, okay, how would I feel if I was successful in completing morning ritual? How, how would I feel? What would I feel differently? M Some of us are very motivated by by rational reasoning and some of us are more motivated by how we feel so if i can almost taste i can almost touch how i'm gonna feel when i have this done how i'm gonna feel because i i managed to exercise to have breakfast and to read in the bible and to pray and to get one of my must tasks done whatever it is that you do right whatever your sequence is in the morning Now's the time to, to craft that. So, see, this is the, the power of rituals is that rituals take out, they take the process of thinking out of the story. You don't, you know, if I know that I have to, every morning I'm gonna have a coffee, I'm gonna have a shower, I'm gonna put my, you know, I'm gonna put my blue pinstripe suit on and I'm gonna be at the door by 7.50 so I can catch the streetcar, whatever, then there's, there's no thinking to be had. So, somebody noticed that Barack Obama, very early in his presidency, always wore a gray suit or a blue suit. Always the same suit. Two, two suits, that's all he ever wore. Occasionally he wore a beige one, very, very occasionally. So some a reporter asked him why. He said, what I wear and what I eat are two decisions that would take so much energy from me, I don't have time for that. So I got somebody to manage my wardrobe and I got somebody to manage, to manage my nutrition so that I know I'm getting, because I don't want, I don't need to think about that. You'll notice that like 
like in old time schools, you know, you wore uniforms in a lot of professions, you wear a uniform and it makes, it makes your life easier. It makes my life easier that I know, gee, am I wearing the cassock with like no pockets or the one with pockets or the one with the, like, you know what I mean? Like who cares, right? I'm just going to put on a black dress and walk out the door. You know what I mean? It makes life so much easier when there are some things in life that we don't think about. Why? Because we sat and we thought about them and we crafted them and we made them as perfectly as efficient as they could be for this stage of my life. And then I'm not going to keep rethinking it every morning. Every morning it's a question. Am I going to have a coffee first? Or am I going to have breakfast first? I don't need to think about that. I've got it all worked out. That's what we're hoping for at the end of today, right? So let's take a closer look. Okay, here's the next step. Let's take a closer look. What do you do every morning? When you get up, when you, what do you do? You know, do you go to the washroom? Do you have a coffee? Do you have a shower? Do you, do, you know, what are the things that you currently do? Not the things you want to do. We're going to get to that. Write those down. There is a box on your sheet. I think it is the bottom left for what do you currently do every morning or almost every morning? I'm going to do it as well. Okay. Um, now, I want you to take the piece of paper that you were writing on and hold it away from you, okay? Now that we took a real close look, take a step back and ask yourself, as you're holding it, ask yourself, is this the best order to do these things in? Well, or are all these things things I want to do? So for the longest time, for the very longest, longest time ever, the first thing I did was pick up my phone because it was my alarm clock, right? And then I would see like I, you know, what messages I got. And then I'd look at them and I'd be like, oh, gee, well, I don't know what to say to this person yet but it's 6.30 in the morning, so it's too late, it's too early to call the other person that I need to call before I can answer this person. Anyways, needless to say, there's all kinds of studies showing about how when you get a message and you don't know what to do with it, what that does to your stress levels, right? And I read some of these articles and I realized, you know what, I don't wanna do this anymore. And last week I recommended that if, the, if you only took one thing away from all of this that has nothing to do with spirituality, it would be buy an alarm clock. Go to Dollarama today and buy an alarm clock for one dollar. It will be the best dollar that you spent this week because using my phone as an alarm clock or go buy a radio alarm clock thing or whatever, get something nicer if you want to. It doesn't matter. The point is using my phone as my alarm clock is just so, it's so tempting to pick it up and to see what's going on on Twitter and what's going on on Facebook and, what's, and what messages I got and what emails I got. And there I am sitting in bed, like, you know, right? Um, is that really what, is that really the highest impact thing that I could be doing in the morning? And how much energy is that sapping out of my, the rest of my day? Um, so take a look at what, at what you do and, and feel free to cross out some things or circle some things that you absolutely want to keep on the list. Here's, here's a, a suggestion of a morning routine from a top executive, okay? I'll, I'll leave these people nameless. So he wakes up, 
has a quick coffee, sits on the couch and listens to the sound of the ocean for 15 minutes. Lucky him who lives by the ocean, or maybe he just plays it on a plays plays it on on some device or something. Um, reads uh, reads the Bible, prays, exercises, which is usually just a run around the neighborhood, nothing too intense. Showers, has breakfast, gets gets dressed, and begins working. Um, it's simple. Like we're actually not talking about something which is which is earth shattering. But the reality is, is that most of us, myself included, because I haven't written it all down and thought it through to what the best order of doing these things is in is, I don't do it the same every morning. So I think about it. But at that time, I shouldn't be thinking. I should be devoting that energy to doing what is the most useful thing for me in, in, that, in that day. Here's another example, right, where this person like took it to the nth degree and made a spreadsheet out of it. So he's an early riser. He wakes up at five. He meditates for 15 minutes, drinks some water, walks the dog for 15 minutes, has a coffee and a banana for 15 minutes, exercises for 45 minutes, has a smoothie for 15 and then starts his day. And then he has another routine he set out for his work day, right? Where he does his must-do tasks first and then devotes one hour to his inbox, spends the rest of his time on his important projects and finishes with 30 minutes of personal development, listening to an audiobook or a podcast. And then he's got, you know, his, uh, but he's really planned it out with a, with a template and times and this and that. And then he, he tries to meet his, his goal is to do, it, to do this at least five times a week. And each day he gives himself a point and then he can see how he's doing compared to how he's supposed to do and so on. Maybe that's a little bit like, you know, a little bit OTT, right? But the idea is have a plan. Have a plan that works for you in this life stage and maybe in another life stage, it wouldn't work for you and you would need to change it. That's okay, right? But have a plan that you don't need to think about every single day. Honestly, honestly, why, am I, why, why are you hearing about this at church? Well, because one, because I care about you and because this has really changed my life and made me really enjoy my days and go through each day feeling like I'm a winner before the day has already begun. Like before the girls are awake, I try to have my three must tasks done, right? I'm gonna share with you what my, what, what my personal routine is at the very end, right? If I have that done, I literally feel like anything I do from now, from 7 a.m. till 11 p.m. is a bonus. Anything I do after that is just bonus. I've, I've already won, right? And you know what? We find so many hints to things that are so precious and so helpful that we could include in our day in the prayers the church has set out for us. But I promise you, I never, I've, I've been praying Baya since I was 14 or something, right? Is when I had my first spiritual father told me, this is how you should pray and, and taught me how to pray, right? But I didn't, I didn't realize that the church is trying to been trying been trying to tell us all this stuff that I've been sharing with you for 2000 years. Like I thought this was like a you know an entrepreneurship startup business kind of thing. No, this is this is stuff the church has been telling us for 2000 years. The Igbe, I found this slide from somebody else's talk online, right? Is your personal prayer trainer. I would even take the word prayer out of there and make it optional is your personal trainer. I believe that what's in the morning prayer 
is enough to craft a winning day every single day. Here's a little bit of what the ancient church suggests. It suggests three prostrations to wake you up. It suggests to ask God for the best every single day. It's, it's, it's full of positive affirmations, full of things you can say to God and you can share with God. And it, it even gives you opportunity to listen to God, to ask him, teach me your way, lead me in the path of righteousness and so on. And we're going to see a few, specific, a few specifics and to put your requests before him. The morning prayer commemorates the resurrection. That's what the theme of the whole morning prayer is, is now that I've slept and awoke, I have arisen, I have risen with Christ. And it commemorates the hour in which Jesus rose from the dead because he rose from the dead early in the morning and also glorifies his resurrection. It's an opportunity for us as Christians to, to live the resurrection of Christ with him, not just to remember it, but to live it with him. For example, one of, in one of the Psalms, Psalm 662, in the Igbeya says, O God, you are my God, early will I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever been in an environment that was, in your opinion, completely devoid of any holiness or spirituality. I have felt these words to my core. And because most mornings I pray them, although sometimes I feel them and sometimes I don't, but I say them anyways, in the moment that I, that I felt like I was in pitch darkness, my soul cried out to the Lord and said, early will I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, like, and my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land. In Psalm 5, it says, my voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord, in the morning I'll direct it to you and I will look up. So we find lots, lots and lots of things that are directing us what to do and when to do it. So the first thing you'll find in the morning prayer is three prostrations. Oh, come, let us worship. Let us ask Christ our God. Oh, come, let us worship. Let us entreat Christ our King. Oh, come, let us worship. Let us implore Christ our Savior. This is what a prostration is. It's to, it's to kneel down with your fists to the ground and your face to the ground and then come back up again. And what we're doing when we do that is we're participating with Jesus in his death and rising with him in his resurrection. So it's experiencing his resurrection on a very personal level. For me, it's a really good time to wake up. So this is the first thing I do when my feet hit the ground. Like I make an effort that it's one fluid motion. I roll over, my feet are on the ground and I roll right out of bed into a prostration. I guarantee you, if I don't do that, the chances are less than 50% that I will pray properly in the morning. I know myself, right? So craft your morning routine the way it works for you because you know yourself better than anybody else. But I know myself. If I pick up my phone, if I go downstairs, if I even just go to the washroom, I may not pray. I may not pray. And I know what makes for a winning day for me. This makes for a winning day for me. I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm just saying know yourself and do what works for you. And the church has given us lots of tools. And I would encourage you, you know, if you don't have an Igbeya, grab one from before you go home. They're on the second shelf on the right there. And if not, there's plenty in the church. Grab one. They're for you. Okay. You can leave a donation if you want to, but you don't have to. Grab one. And tonight, flip through the morning prayer and look at it as a buffet. Choose from it the things 
that you want to pray tomorrow morning. Then we say, O Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God, through the intercession of St. Mary and all your saints, guard us and bring us to a good start. Be merciful to us as this is your will forever. We're asking the Creator of the universe, God Almighty, to get us off to a good start. I mean, for me, if I don't pray anything else all morning, selfishly, selfishly, I will pray this. God Almighty, who has all power of heaven on heaven on earth, creator of the universe, the person who looked at a blind man who didn't have eyeballs and created them for him on the spot, the person who can make things out of nothing, please give me a good start. Then there's a, a, a reading um, from Saint, one of St. Paul's epistles where St. Paul is begging us. He's imploring us. He's like, and when I, when I pray this, I really feel like St. Paul is standing next to me and he's on his ha hands and knees and he's begging me, he's begging me to have a calling, to walk worthy of the calling with which I was called, with all lowliness and gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity, unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. He's saying, please, please be united. Please be humble, be gentle. Let other people have precedence. Even if you're right and they're wrong, let, let them finish their sentence. Be gentle. I beg you. I beg you from all my heart. Keep, keep unity. Don't be a splitter. Be a lumper. Bring people together, right? So it sets the pattern for my day. Then I was like looking up like, like funny pictures or whatever, just for my slides, for pos positive morning affirmations. And I found this one. And you know what? The first psalm that's there says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on it day and night. The first psalm is saying, Fill your mind, fill your mind with things that are positive, that will get you, that will get you and me off to a start that will make you unconquerable. Psalms 2 and 3 say, yeah, but like, there's going to be opposition, right? <laughs> like, people aren't going to just let me, let me win every time. And there's all kinds of things out there. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain, a vain thing? But it follows up really quickly after. He who sits in the heavens will laugh. When somebody opposes you, the psalmist is saying, God laughs. He laughs. He thinks it's funny. I'll share something with you. It's not related, it's not related to, to, to our theme, but it's related to this. I was reading in my own personal quiet time about the arrest of Jesus. You know, I was reading in, in Scripture, and I got to the point where they're arresting Jesus. So it says that they came to him with swords and clubs, and they tied him up. And they arrested him. And all of a sudden, it re I, I realized how incredibly ridiculous that is. To take the creator of the universe and tie him with ropes that he created, may I mention, and think that's going to stop him. Like, because you tied him with some ropes. That's like standing in front of a tsunami with your hand up and saying, please stop, you know? Everything that they did to stop Jesus, to arrest him, helped him to accomplish his mission on earth, which was our salvation. Like, 
because they arrested him, he was then crucified. So the arrest, the stop, doesn't stop God. So if you're with God, no one can stop you. When people oppose you, Psalm 2 is saying when someone opposes you, when nations oppose you, God laughs. He thinks it's funny. And actually, I do too. Psalm 3 says, Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. But you, Lord, are my shield and my glory, the one who lifts up my head. And it ends by saying your blessing is upon your people. My suggestion, I'm just giving you some suggestions, is to flip through. Flip through this and don't see this as prayers I have to pray because the church told me so. Rather see it as like, what, what do I want to be saying to God and what do I want God to be saying to me? Okay, from all of these things in the morning. What would get me off to a great start? What would make me go to work, you know, like with my head held high and, you know, so full of confidence and joy and peace and focus to get this day, to make this day the best day ever? Then you'll find plenty to praise God with. And the best thing about praising God is it takes the focus off of me and it puts it on Him, right? For those who are shy, uh, you know, you're always looking for ways to, to find a way to put the focus on somebody else. This is a great way to put the focus on God. You find Psalm 8 says, Our Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, you who set your glory above the heavens. Psalm 18 says, The heavens declare the glory of, of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. These are from the Psalms. In the second litany, it says, My eyes are awake even before dawn, that I may med my meditate on your word. You'll find there's, there's, plenty, there's plenty of prayers, you know, that you can just, you can choose, you can cherry pick them out to be prayers that are meaningful to you to get you started, to get you started right. I honestly see this almost like, like an ice cream bar, right? My favorite flavor of ice cream is usually something chocolatey if they have like, you know, if they're fancy, something hazelnut chocolatey, right? You know, Ferrero Rocher, Baccio, something like that, right? Anyhow, but sometimes I like vanilla. Sometimes I go way out there and I have pistachio. Not usually, but rarely, but sometimes, right? I encourage you to kind of see this the same way, you know? Flip through these prayers and see what's in there. And, and know them. Write little notes in. This one is about this. This is about this. When I'm feeling, um, you know, discouraged at work, I should, I should look here, you know. Get a highlighter out. Color it. Doesn't matter, right? But know, know what, what works for you and what would, what would make you the best that you can be for that day. This is my favorite. This one's my favorite. Psalm 15 says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, You are my Lord, and my goodness is nothing apart from you. And to the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. And it goes on and on to say that, Lord, you've given a portion of inheritance to all the tribes of Israel, but you, Lord, are my portion. I don't want money. I don't want land. I don't want anything. I just want you. 
and your spirit guides me and it guides me in the night and when other people are confused i have focus and direction because your spirit guides me and it guides me in the night this is my favorite psalm i i almost can't go a day without praying this psalm and it being a good day but that's just me you do you right that's fine there's all kinds of positive affirmations. You know what I hate the most about positive affirmations? Is a lot of the time, as I'm saying this to myself, you're smart, you're beautiful, you're successful, you're this, right? I'm so successful, I'm so smart, I'm so beautiful, I'm so, right? I'm so handsome, right? Like, says who? Says me? Like, yeah, but like, that doesn't work, you know? So, yes, it does work, it does work, but it, the little voice in my head says it doesn't. But this is certified bona fide truth. These are positive affirmations that God is saying to you, right? Not that you and I invented and wrote down. If you do the positive affirmation thing in the morning, I'm totally not knocking it. But it doesn't work for me because the little voice in my head talks back to them and says, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Right. And so it doesn't work. But these do because I can't talk back to God, you know, because I know he's right. Listen to this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord will answer when I call to him. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. This is the psalm I used to pray. Psalm 66. I memorized it. I was supposed to be studying for my exams. I memorized it so I could pray before my exams. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. So, so it's so positive. It starts off with God be merciful to us and bless us and cause your face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. And then it says, it's asking God, let the peoples praise you, O God, let all peoples praise you. And it ends by saying, God, our own God shall bless us. He's almost like answering himself. He's asking God to bless us in the beginning and in the end, he's saying, God will bless us. And these are God's words. A lot of the time when pe people's objection to praying prescribed prayers is people say, but yeah, you know, Father, I just, I don't feel it because they're kind of, they're not my words. I agree with you. They're not your words. They're God's words, right? So they're true, as true as God is. So if he says he will bless you, he will. Why not wake up in the morning and say, God will bless us and cause his face to shine upon us? He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap that he may seat him with princes, with the princes of his people. He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. God looks out for the little guy. There's plenty of prayers asking for direction in the morning prayer. In Psalm 5, lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies, because I make your way straight before my face. My enemies are out there and they're going to try to trick me. So please, God, make my way straight. Make, like, make it signposted. Make it obvious what I'm supposed to do today and what I'm supposed to steer clear from. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. Psalm 24 is all about God lead me today. That's what it's all about. Those who wait on the Lord shall never be ashamed. It says it twice. It's 
all of this positive, positive energy. But I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the truth. For most of my life, I've just said, I, I have to pray these prayers. Priest told me I have to pray these prayers. So I wake up in the morning. You know what I mean? Okay, open this book. And like, I've got 20 minutes. So let, let me burn through them as fast as possible. I'm going to encourage you not to do that. I'm going to encourage you to be thoughtful about it and to spend 20 minutes tonight and cherry pick out the things that are meaningful that you think will be meaningful to you, to you most mornings or write some notes in like I was saying. And then to really hear God saying these words to you and really say these words to God because they're full of, of, of impact. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies and so on. There's plenty of praise. If you don't pray at all, and you don't know how to pray, and you don't know where to start. I recommend to you to grab a prayer book before you leave here today and flip to this section. It's called the Gloria in the morning prayer. And it says, let us praise with the angels saying, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And it carries on. And then it's followed after that by the Trisagion, holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal, who is born of the Virgin, have mercy, says, holy God, holy, mighty, holy, immortal. You know where that comes from, that holy God, holy, that's, that's a hymn that was heard being prayed by angels and was then transferred on in the church. And every single apostolic church prays the Trisagion. I've, I've had the, the, the very blessed opportunity to speak in all kinds of different churches. And every single church with any apostolic roots prays the Trisagion. You're, when, you're, when, you're, when you say holy God, holy mighty, holy mortal, you're harmonizing with the angels. So this is what I was suggesting. Take 30 minutes out and ask yourself, what, what, would, what would make for your perfect morning? Would it be to praise God in the morning? Would it be to, to hear God saying positive affirmations to you? Would it be, you know, requests for help or guidance? What what goes well in your salad, you know, in your salad of your morning ritual, do that. And it will give you confidence for your day. I'm going to kind of just finish off by sharing with you what I do. So, like I said, I wake up to my alarm, which has to be on the other side of the room. I actually found when I was shopping for alarm clocks. So I get a little confession for this series. I wanted to buy, I wanted the church SSK to buy everybody an alarm clock, but all the nice ones, were like $10 plus and to buy like a, a hundred of them or something. I didn't know whether that was, you know, the best use of money. And then I didn't know if people would use them. Right. And then the, the, the cheaper ones were kind of crappy, like not something that I would give somebody as a gift. I might use it, but I, you know, so I, I have to put my phone on the other end of the room. Okay. Get an alarm clock. Don't use your phone. Get an alarm clock. So my phone is, is as far as possible from me, but as far as possible from my daughters as well, far, far away. And my alarm clock is there as well. I turn, I'm gonna talk about this next week. I turn all my devices onto airplane mode, except my phone in case somebody is gonna call me or something, right? But all of my other devices, I turn them off if I can, and I put them to charge and that's it. They're gone. They're asleep till after my morning ritual. I'm not going to use them. My laptop, my computer, nothing. Okay. As soon as I get out of bed, I do my three prostrations. 
Then I'm one of those people who needs to use the washroom the second they wake up. So fitting those three prostrations in is, is a little risky. You know what I mean? But it's a little risky, but it's a risk I'm willing to take, right? So three prostrations, the, the Pauline, that morning introduction, it, it takes like 35 seconds. And then I bolt to the washroom. I do what I got to do, right? Then I wash my hands. Then I wash my face. I'm at the sink already. Right? See, I've thought this through because before I used to go and make my coffee and then I'd wash my face. No, no, no. Why am I going to go downstairs, make a coffee after I've washed my hands, can come back upstairs and wash my face? Why? You're at the sink. Wash your hands. Wash your face. Right? Brush your teeth all while I'm there. Right? Because that morning, if I'm waking up extra early and I could have been sleeping or I could have been snoozing, man, that time is precious. So I'm not going to waste it going up and down the stairs for no, for no good reason, right? Then I do my quiet time, 15 minutes, just 15 minutes where I read in the Bible, I pray and I journal all in 15 minutes. And I have that broken up down to minute by minute. And we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about that some other time, right? Then I go back to my room and I finish my morning prayer because remember all I did was the three prostrations and the introduction. So then I go back to my room and I finish my morning prayer. Then I go downstairs and have a glass of water while I'm boiling the water for my coffee. I have my coffee and I have another glass of water after that. Those two glasses of water change my day. And the day I don't do it, I feel it. I don't get the afternoon postprandial like itis if I drink enough water and it all starts, it all starts with the morning and that first glass of water, it feels like somebody is pushing it down my throat with a sledgehammer. It is not pleasant. I just tell myself, this is your medicine, John. Other people have to take, you know, medicine for their heart. This is what you need. Cause I know, I know what will happen if I don't have my two glasses of water, big glasses of water. It's like a liter and a half combined, like not each together, 750 mils each, right? Then I read, I try, my spiritual father wants me to read for four hours a day. Obviously that doesn't happen, but I try to read for a full hour, read my Bible, read a spiritual book. I try before, before all of this is before anybody else is awake. You know, this is sometime between 5.30 and seven. Then I attack my three must tasks, my three must, and I try to get them all done. I rarely do but I often get my, my top number one task done. If I get all three of them done, I honestly feel like I've done everything I need to do today and it's seven o'clock in the morning. Honestly, I could take on the world. If I did nothing else productive this entire day, like I've killed it. This is amazing, right? And that really gets me started for the, for the best day ever. Imagine, just close your eyes for a second now. Imagine being able to predict that you're going to have the best day of your life every day. That every day is going to be productive. Every day is going to be meaningful. Every day you're going to have everything that it takes to get you not just to the end of the day, but to get you on top by the end of the day. I encourage you to just find some time this evening to, to continue fine-tuning your morning ritual and try it out this week. 
And next week, we're going to finish our series by talking about the evening ritual. Because honestly, the only reason I can do my morning ritual well is because I set it up for myself in the evening. Glory be to God forever and ever, amen.